Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I'm here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hey, now. Yay, she's over there. See, I changed it up a little bit and want to be a little bit different. So we're glad to be back with you uh, on episode 40 and 3. This will be episode 43. Technically, this, this would probably be episode 46. We've done this episode twice now, and we've had technical difficulties. Um, the last time we did this, we uh, got all the way through the whole episode, and then we noticed that there was the static fuzz that has been coming through on some, and it was through the whole thing, so... Um, I really had to do some deep dive into, big word there, deep dive is corporate, it's a business word, had to do a deep dive into what was going on. I think I figured it out. Um, it seemed to be just a button on the control board there, and uh, hopefully we've cleared up any static popping or anything like that, and we'll be able to keep that out to going forward. I want to blame the devil for that, so or it could be my fat fingers, one of the two. Well, it's gotten progressively better, yes, so hopefully so this is going to be on fire. We're hoping this is good. So this is the third time we're actually going to do this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. It's, it's uh, three times of just going through it, and it should be well in our minds um, and really in what we want to say. Uh, first off, I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. Um, if you are, uh, listening to us on your favorite podcast, uh, subscription or whatever, we ask that you would subscribe to the podcast, like, and share it with your friends, tell your friends about it, share it with your neighbors, tell your neighbor next door, you know, a couple crazy people in North Carolina keep going on about Jesus and the Bible for some reason. And you really got to hear this. So, um, really share it. If you don't mind, we're just asking for that. We want it to grow and, uh, the Lord, the word of God to be, uh, spread abroad. Uh, there's plenty of churches and people out there doing this all the time, but with a podcast, you have the opportunity of reaching people in their cars, they're driving to work or when they're uh, commuting, or if they're just sitting at home on the couch, they can listen to it on their phone or they can listen to it on their computer, whatever they want to do. So we're just asking that you just share it with your friends. Um, if you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. We'll be glad to take your prayer request. Um, or any suggestion ideas for the show. If you have an idea of something you want us to talk about, um, we'd be glad to go into that. You know, biblically based, of course. So just Bible questions, we'll, we'll dig in and find it. One thing you'll learn if you, if you listen long enough to this show is that um, I like to dig into stuff. So if you have a question and it's a difficult one, send it to me and I will, I'll find the history for it. I'll find the reason for it if I can. If it's out there and the answer is out there, I'm going to do my best to find it um, because it really seeps into who I am as to what I want to be. Um, and that's what this episode is really about. This episode is going to be titled, Does the Truth Matter? Um, and this is a, could be a hot button episode. We're going to try and leave a lot of the, um, we're not going to point at things as some people would do. They would point at different things and say this and that are wrong and right. We're not, I don't want to do that. Um, we want to look at the root of truth, where it comes from, um, and really um, exhort one another, kind of lift you up and say, hey, uh, get to the point to where you start seeking truth in all things. So we're going to look actually in the, what scripture are we using again? John 14. John chapter 14. So chapter 13, Jesus is with the disciples. He's in uh, Jerusalem. They're there for Passover. They're in the upper room and he's, uh, he's had the Seder with them, which is the Passover dinner. He's identified who is going to be the betrayer, who is going to betray him. Um, the scripture says the disciples were not very, I think they were still unclear as to who was going to betray him, which was, um, if you read the story in the account, it would kind of, to me, I would have been like, clear. yeah, I'd have been like, oh, it's that guy over there. Really? It's the one you just gave the sop to. Okay. It's him. Get so, him. <laughs> you know, you get him, hold him down, you know? So, um, that's kind of what's going on there. So we come to chapter 14 and he's, uh, he's continuing on to tell them some things. Uh, we're going to read through the chapter and we'll stop and, uh, just talk about verses as they come up. Um, so if you want to start with uh, verse one, that'd be great. 
John 14.1 Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. All right, so the first couple of verses, he's laying out an idea. Um, we're generally, most of us are going to be non-Jewish people. If you're listening to the podcast, you don't know anything about Hebraic uh, roots, or you don't know anything about Judaism or customs of the Jews, you wouldn't really understand what he's talking about here. You do know that he's saying he's going to prepare a place for you, but you don't understand the context. And so as uh, a Jewish man, what Jesus is doing here is um, he's laying out the uh, the way a husband or a groom would lay out the plans for the wedding. So a Jewish groom would typically go to his father's house. He would prepare a room for his new bride. Um, he would go to pick her up with, and with trumpets and all this crazy noise with his friends, and they would pick her up and they would bring her to the wedding ceremony. They would have the wedding ceremony, and then he would take her to this room and they would consummate the marriage. Um, once they've done that, then they would leave that room and they would go to their new home. Um, all of this fits in the picture of Jesus actually returning that we, we learn later. He comes on white horses and there's trumpets and the shout of the archangel and he's coming to get his bride. Then he's taking his bride to his father's home. Um, then the scripture says that he is bringing us back with him to the earth, to a new home. So all of this is a picture of the Jewish wedding ceremony. So this is what he saw. And the disciples clearly understood what he's referencing here um, because there was any questions really about that whole, you're going to make a room and you're coming back or you're going to make a mansion, you're coming back, what's going on? So continue on. Uh, continuing in verse 4. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Right. So very, very key verse right here. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're a different religion, if you're a, whatever denomination you are, whatever uh, belief system you have, um, Jesus makes it absolutely clear that you cannot get to God the Father without going through him first. Um, I spoke about a woman that I talked to a few weeks ago, and, and I told her this verse, and she said, who said that about Jesus? Who said that he said that? And I said, Jesus said he said that. He said that. It's in the scriptures. He said it from his own mouth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Nobody goes to God the Father but through me. So what you need to understand about this is that your good works, the good deeds that you do, you can't get to God that way. It's not going to happen. Um, you can go in and confess your sins to a priest in a, in a building or a church or a pastor somewhere, but unless you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and you're a born-again believer and you go through Jesus to get to God, it's not going to do you any good. Even if your brother that you've sinned again forgives you, that's not going to get you into heaven. That doesn't get you to God. The only thing that gets you to God is to go through Yeshua, go through Jesus. We have to go this way. So he lays out three things in this verse, if you'll read it one more time. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So there's three things he lays out in this verse, and I think they're very important in the way that he lays them out. Number one, he says he is the way, right? So there's a lot of different, um, if you live in the United States, you, you realize there's lots of highways. There's lots of side roads, and there's lots of ways you can go to, say, say I'm driving from North Carolina to Phoenix, Arizona. I used to live near there. I could take Highway 40. I could take, a, you know, go down 66, I think, up Flagstaff. You could just, you could swerve around and go a whole lot of ways to get to Phoenix. Um, in our lives, there's a lot of different ways we do things. We don't all write 
the same way. Um, I, the Hebrew, uh, most of the Jewish people, if you look at their literature, most of it is read from the right-hand side to the left. It's not done the same way we do it in America. We write from the left to the right. So there's a lot of different ways we do things. So people tend to apply this idea to God as well, and they think, well, I can come to God on my own terms. I can come to God my God, my way. Um, and I think we saw this with Cain and Abel at the beginning. Cain tried to come to God his way, while Abel came to God the way that God required, right? So there was this idea from the very get-go that you have to approach God in the way that he requires. And so Jesus makes a very clear declaration here that you cannot, don't, it doesn't matter who you are, what religion you are, you cannot approach God the Father without first going through the Son. He is the way, the path that we go. He is the only way that we go. Um, it just doesn't, you can try all the ways you want, but there's only one way to get there. He didn't say, I am a way. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I knew one person who said uh, they believed that God was sitting at the top of a mountain and everyone had a different path up to him. And I thought, that's really nice and sweet that you think that way. But Jesus himself said, I am the way, the only way to God. There is no other way. Um, so I just want to lay that out. So he, then he says he is the truth, right? So I think these three things go in order because they're very important in that manner. Once you find the way, you don't have to know everything about the Bible. You don't have to know everything about God. Really what you need to know is that God is pulling you in and drawing you into himself and that he offered up his son as a sacrifice and he raised him from the dead. That's what the Bible says. If you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's what it says. So the amount of knowledge that you have of God, a lot of people think, well, I have to clean myself up first. I have to get right before I can come to God. I need to be doing what's right, walking in truth, really. I need to be walking in truth before I come to God because he won't accept me. And the Bible is completely says, no, that's not how it works. What you do is you come to God and you let him clean you up. You find the way and then you find the truth and the truth comes right after that. And the truth is going to lead you down that path and it's going to help keep you on the path. It's going to show you where you need to go and the things you need to avoid. Avoid. So the truth is very, very important. And then the third thing says is the life, the life. So what we're talking about here is, is life on this earth. Yes, it's very important that we know God on this earth because it benefits our lives. Um, we just listened to uh, one of our one of my favorite football players, Nick Foles. He used to play for uh, the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, I was an Arizona fan. Um, he went into the NFL. He played for, uh, I believe, the uh, Eagles. Um, he's playing for Jacksonville Jaguars. And he was talking about being injured and not playing football. And they asked him and they said, you know, um, aren't you, how do you, how does this affect you that you're hurt and you can't play? And he says, you know, I realize that everything I am, all of who I am is in Christ Jesus alone. And, and I don't let football and the things that I do define me. I mean, he really went into, um, when he won the Super Bowl, and here I'm holding the Lombardi trophy, he said, I realize this trophy doesn't define who I am. It's Jesus Christ who defines who I am. So in this world, when we find the way and we find the truth, we find life and there's life more abundantly in Christ than there isn't anything else. Yeah, we I think he when he referenced knowing that he he has peace. You know, some people are like, "Oh, well, I'm not playing." You know, somebody might come get my job or I might get cut or whatever, but he has peace. Yeah, and you go home and like he said, he said you go home at night and you can lay your head on the pillow and you're not worried about your future and you're not worried about, you know, we, we as humans tend to be in the flesh. We're going to worry about the little things of life. You know, how am I going to get the money to pay for this? How am I going to do that? We worry about that stuff. But when we're in Christ Jesus, we, we have the ability to put our faith and hope in him that he knows what's going on just as much as I do and that he's already got a plan for it. 
God's already made a way for me, and I just have to trust in him. And so that's, that's that life we have. Now we have life on earth. We have that more abundant life. Then there's more to this. We have life after we die. This life is continuous and is ongoing. It's an eternal life, and it is a life, an eternal life of joy and peace and happiness and being without sin. That is the wonderful thing about that life that goes on. Um, so in this episode, we're looking at the truth, right? Because that's the middle of one of these two, or middle of these three, I should say. Um, and the reason we're coming to this is because we want to really impress upon you the importance of seeking after the truth. Um, I was, uh, a couple years ago, I was going to college. I had intended on going into nursing. This was my, my genius idea and my plan. I was working third shift. I had three kids. I was busy all the time. I was, um, you know, I decided I would go to school during the day and I was, it was, it was tough. I tried to do eight hours during the day and, and then work at night. And that was miserable. It, it just really wore me out. But anyway, in the path of that, I went to a, I had a history class and the history teacher was, um, she she taught history like she she really believed that we revolved from monkeys and all this other stuff. Um, but then she professed to be a Catholic, which was really strange to me. So she believed everything was a, a product of evolution, but that there was a God of some sort. So I don't even understand how that worked. But one of the things that she said that I always found really interesting is there's this little town um, near where we live. It's out in the middle of nowhere, and it's called Denton, North Carolina. You can Google that. It's a little place. Um, but they have apparently they have a Catholic church there. And in this Catholic church, um, to her, her church was more holy than other churches around because, according to her... They, wait for it. Wait they, for it. Yes. They had a splinter, a wooden splinter from the cross of Jesus. In, the actual cross he hung Yes. On. The cross he was crucified on. Her claim was their church had a splinter from the cross that Jesus was crucified on. So this makes this this church more holy than other churches. Which it's preposterous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, But this is honestly, if you look at the Catholic Church, this is portions of what they've done over history. They would go in, and there was all these items they would claim were holy, and they would say this is, you know, this is Peter's necklace and Timothy's shoelace, and I mean, there were all these different things that they tied holiness to, and these items and things. Um, But they're pointless because that doesn't lead us into truth. That leads us into mysticism. Uh, And so I'm not trying to knock the Catholic Church in that regard, but I'm saying we as believers have to understand that we don't need these items. We don't need the things from the history to prove that Jesus is who he said he was. Um, We've got to walk in the truth. And the next following verses are going to show that out. Uh, Bear that out. Go ahead. Uh, In verse 7, if ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth, sufficeth thus much. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works." All right, so right here we've got this is a really interesting passage, and as we're going through this, um, we were we were using our Bible app, and I'm, this is the promotion for the Bible app. I don't know, um, we're not paid for it, but we just want to let you know we were listening to the Bible again on the Bible app in our cars. We were driving, we're listening to chapter thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen here, so they would all go together. Um, and you get to this verse, and some really interesting things stood out to me. So the first thing that stands out to me is that he's they're questioning him because he knows the Father, and he says the words and the things that I speak are not mine. They're from the Father because the Father lives in me. 
Because Philip was like, well, just show us the father. Right. Show us the well, father. Well, if you know him, let us see and him. And we'll be happy with that. Exactly. We want to see him. And so Jesus says, how, how is it that I've been with you this whole time and you're telling me you haven't seen the father? And so when we sit back and we think, think about that statement, how is it that I've been with you, but you haven't seen the Father? And so was Jesus supposed to show them like a picture of him or something? I mean, what was the... Know. It was the column down from heaven. Right. Let's have, it, let's have a chat. Right. And so what he's saying is, essentially what Jesus is saying is you hear the words that I speak and you see the things that I do, but you tell me you haven't seen the Father. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And it's because of the things he said and the things that he did. Those are examples of the Father. The reason that Jesus did the miracles was to prove to people that he was the Messiah. He was the son of God. He had all authority in him of God. And so that's what he was working out. He was showing to them the father through his deeds and his works. This falls back to us, the believers as well, because he says in this that the father was in him. Right, And he says he's in the Father. So this is an example of what's getting ready to come in the following verses of where he's going to tell them how this is. This is a, a, a shadow, foreshadow of what's getting ready to, to happen to the disciples um, coming down the road. So go ahead and continue on. Uh, in verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works unto these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my command, commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye shall see me, because I live. Ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. All right, so we're going to stop there for a second. So listening to all of that, do you see what's going on? Jesus is in the Father, the Father's in him. Now he's saying, I'm going to send a Holy Spirit. I'm going to send a comforter to you, which he does say, I will come to you, right? So he's saying those three things are all in, intertwined, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're intertwined. So he is sending the Holy Spirit so that we can be in him and he can be in us as he is in the Father. This is the example that Jesus is setting out with God the Father, that God the Father is in him and we are in the Son. And so he says, this is interesting, and I, and I like the way he puts it. He says, because I love you, my Father will love you, right? He's not saying, he doesn't say, I'm going to love you, and then I have to convince my Father, or I might love you, and the Father might reject you. If you think about a father who has a daughter, and his daughter goes out, and she meets a boy, and she falls in love with that boy, and then she comes to her dad, and she says, I got this boy that I love. I'm going to marry him. Uh, a lot of dads, I've seen, you've seen it on Facebook, and you you know people. The dads are like, oh, you're going to marry my daughter. You know, I mean, it's this this angry, you know, oh, it's my baby. You're not going to mess with my, you know, so it, it's that idea they're there. But Jesus is saying something. He's saying, if I love you, there is no doubt that my father will love you because I do. Because the two are one, because the two are the same. He sees himself in the Father and the Father in him. And if he loves us, then God is going to love us as well because of that love. Um, and that's a pretty incredible thing. Um, continue. 
Uh, Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I live with you, and peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I will go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. So here he is, he's talking to the disciples. He, he's, he's a few things here that he says. He's going to give them peace. Uh, we, t- we spoke about this together the other day, about the peace that God gives and, and why he says it's different than the way the world gives us peace or the way world, the world has peace. And what were the things you had said about that peace? Do you remember? Because I'd asked you, what, what is it about this peace that is different than the world? I don't remember. <laughs> so the world, the, the peace that Jesus gives us, number one, is an everlasting peace. It is the peace of God. It's something that we can't experience without being in the sun. Number two, it's a, it's a peace that is never... It's quiet. Yes. And it's never withdrawn from us. Jesus is not going to take it away from us. So the world gives you something looking for something... In return. In return. They're looking for, um, you know, an acknowledgement. Well, I'll do this for or, you, right. but you got to do this for me. Yeah. It's that quid pro quo. I'm going to do something for you. You're going to do something for me. And so it's not necessarily peace because you know they've done something for you, but you lay down your head at night and you worry about how I'm going to pay them back. How am I going to take care of that? Right. It's not this idea that we have this, uh, this peace that we're secure. No matter how bad things are around us, we are secure in Jesus and Jesus alone. And once we get that peace, that's a whole, that's an awesome place to be. I think that's the peace that Nick Foles was talking about. Absolutely. He, he understands that. He absolutely understands that. I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, uh, because you have that peace that Christ and God are going to do things. Now, going back a little bit in the scripture here, it's talking about prayer, and he talks about if you'll do it. And this is where I misunderstood as a child, right? If we ask anything in his name, he would do it. That's what we always think that, you know, this is what prayer works. I'm going to ask for the bicycle, and God's going to give me a bicycle because I said it in Jesus' name. But there's another portion of that scripture that was very important. He says, uh, if you can find it there. Just give me a minute. Okay. So he's talking, and he's saying he's talking about prayer and how we pray to the Father. And when we ask it in his name, it's going to be in something special. So she's she's looking. She's something looking. Special. She's looking. <laughs> we're going back and we're looking. Now, this is a homegrown podcast, y'all. This ain't no fancy uh, you know, big house on a hill somewhere, Money Mountain. Okay. So anyway. So anyway, he's saying oh, wait, okay, I got it. Okay, Sorry. go ahead. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall ye do also, and greater works unto these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, 
That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Right there. So let's stop right there, because that's the important part. This is how prayer works, and Jesus is telling them, whatsoever you ask, He's going to. the Father is going to glorify the Son. He's going to glorify us in our prayer. And the things we need in life, the things we desire, they should glorify God. And if they do not glorify the Son, He's not going to do it. He's not gonna, I'm not going to say, hey, God, um, in Jesus' name, I need $10 million tomorrow, and, and I'm going to go out here and buy a big car and a big house, and I'm going to do all these worldly things, and I'm going to spend this money to make myself feel good. God's not going to do that because it does not glorify the Son. We have to understand the way we pray and the way we interact with the Father is the way that we're supposed to be, you know, it's not I that live, but Christ within me, right? I'm supposed to be out of the way and let Jesus live in me. Um, and this is this this goes along with the idea that if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father, just like he told the disciples. If you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. The world should see Jesus in us, and it's by our actions and by our words, the things we say and the things we do. If the things that we say and the things that we do align and they fall in line with the word of God and the scripture and they are in submission and subjection to the Father, then the world is going to have no point of looking at us and saying that person is different. There's something about them that's very different. The other, I think uh, on the previous podcast, I had mentioned this, that eventually we all come to death and we all go to die. And one of the things I think even Nick Foles would agree with this is that when we're laying in the casket and, the, and people are walking by and viewing us, he, as much as I would say, don't, I don't want anybody really going on about what kind of great guy Brad Mason was. I don't, you don't need to say that I had, you know, well, he had a couple of kids, a nice car and a decent house. And, you know, he seemed to be really pleasant. He, he always was really treated funny. me. Right. I don't care about any of that stuff. The only thing that important, that's important to me is that people would look and say, that guy right there, that guy tried to be Jesus to everybody he knows. That guy walked in this different kind of life that that we don't walk in. I mean, I've, I've been to a few funerals where I've seen that. There was one gentleman that I uh, went to his funeral and they talked about how he sat and read, read scripture and all these things that nobody knew about that he did. He did all these charity things in the background. He never boasted about it. He never talked about it. But here he was at his funeral and they're saying he was showing Jesus to these people, the poor and the elderly, and he was doing the things that the, the, the scripture says to do. And and in his life, he was he was showing Jesus to others. And so uh, that's to us is very important. And so walking in that truth and getting ourselves in the word of God and aligning ourselves with the scripture, aligning ourselves, get rid of the mysticism, get rid of the um, the paganism, get rid of the uh, the superstitions and all those things out of our, our religion and out of our churches and out of our way, get all that stuff out of our way so we can have the fundamental truth of God's word and we can walk in that. And when we walk in that, we're going to walk in the truth and Christ is going to impart his righteousness to us. Us. That's what he does. It's not our righteousness, but is. And, uh, and we find that we have that peace that he talks about giving to the disciples because we can lay our head down knowing we're right with God. We're walking with God and we're desiring and we're hungering after that truth. So we hope uh, you get a little bit out of this podcast, um, maybe a little bit more interest in looking in John chapter 13 is where we were. Uh, you can go or through before and then yeah. we get, went into 14. 13, 14, and 15, those are really good chapters to get into about the crucifixion right at the time of uh, Passover. Um, check out on Tuesdays, we're doing a, uh, a study through the book of Acts that we really think you would enjoy. It's going to be history, it's going to be theology, it's going to be um, Bradology, it's going to be all kinds of wonderful things. So check that out, that's going to be a special episode. Uh, again, visit us on Facebook and on uh, MySpace and on no, GeoCities. You can visit us, you can use your AOL dial. No. Oh, don't do that. So just visit us and uh, share us with your friends. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. And we just hope that God blesses you immensely. All right. Bye-bye. See you later.